0: welcome to the glam life podcast where we empower and inspire beauty professionals to take their careers to the next level your host victoria is a certified business coach with over a decade of experience in the beauty industry helping countless beauty professionals start and grow successful businesses now she's sharing her knowledge and expertise with you Whether you're just starting out in the beauty industry or looking to take your business to new heights, this podcast is for you, covering topics like community, management, branding, and much more. So join us on this journey to build the beauty business of your dreams. Oh, good morning, Glammies. What's up, friends? Two things before we get started. One, preparations are well underway for the Christmas conference where some lucky winner is going to get not only a swag bag filled with products by Shea Danielle, tool, beauty supplies, and maybe a couple of other people, but you're also going to be entered immediately at the door to win an in-person seat in Carla Ricciardone's Ultimate Lips class, which is amazing. Second thing I wanted to mention to you guys is that we now have our own Instagram account. Yay! Come and connect with the artists that you hear live on the podcast, or I guess not live, but connect with them in real time because they can answer you. You can add them. Um, You can share bits of our content. You can see more exclusive clips and have one centralized location where we can build our glam life community. Today on the podcast, we have the queen of the north. Let's call her (laughs) Miss Miss Zoe Hughes. Has been a body artist and a permanent makeup artist for quite some time. Actually, I first found out about her probably um maybe 2019 or maybe 17 i don't know we talk about it on the podcast actually because i had been following her on instagram she was coming here to the states to train and i thought she was big shit so anyway let's jump right into it zoe hughes welcome to the glam life podcast thank you thank you for having me (laughs) of course what we had to have you you're the zoe hughes everybody knows zoe hughes and everybody anybody um no i do feel that way now listen before guests come on the podcast i always have them fill out um a little like questionnaire and one of the the goals that you had for your career moving forward is that you wanted to be an international big name but i already knew who you were and i'm in the middle of nowhere I feel, I feel like
1: you're not, I feel the total opposite way around about that. It's strange, isn't it? Like what, like what we do to ourselves sometimes as well. We'll sort of count ourselves out sometimes.
0: Yeah. I think everything feels smaller when you're in the back room of your own warehouse and then everybody else is out in the big world. It feels that way. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. How old were you when you got started in permanent makeup? Cause you seem to me really young. Oh, I'm 36 at the moment. <laughs> so 26? I don't feel really, yeah, 36.
1: So 36. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So really young. Um, it's funny because I don't think of things that way. So permanent makeup, I started permanent makeup in 2014. So I'm crap of math. I don't know how old I was <laughs> how old I would have been then. But I started permanent makeup in 2014. And then so... I came from the tattoo industry. So yeah, tattoo in owned a
0: tattoo shop. Opened a tattoo shop when I uh 2012. So you were mid 20s when you opened that tattoo shop, and you opened it with your ex husband. You said right? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. old were you when you got married?
1: See, I don't think of things. My brain doesn't like work in those ways. So, like, I know I got married in 2012. <laughs> so I know the year, but no. Okay, so we year. were 23. 23. That's so young. I know I feel I feel like it's young now at the time it didn't feel young because I think my mom got married like when she was like 21 so I, I felt like oh I'm behind where I should be
0: (laughs) did you feel that way I thought I was the only crazy person who was like oh my god if I don't meet the one soon you know I gotta date him for at least a year then we gotta be engaged for six months to a year then then we have you know it's another year and a half before I want to have babies and that's another year away And before you know it you're almost 30 and you haven't had your first baby yet like I thought I was crazy
1: no me and my ex had been together since we were 19 so we've all been together a long time so for me, I think, I feel like we've been together for ages before we actually got married. So How did you know
0: you wanted to open up a business together?
1: Um, He'd been tattooing since he was 16, I think. Oh, wow. Um, And I always, like, just really, really supported him. And I was, like, his biggest cheerleader. Um, so I saw myself, if I'm in a relationship with someone, I was like, right, we're a team. All
0: um,
1: in. Yeah. So... He wanted to open a shop and I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. I was like, I'm supporting whatever it is you want to want to do. I'm behind you. And I always kind of took that like backseat role as a background support because I felt like I needed to push him forward. Yeah. Uh, So it's something he'd always done. And for me, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. We'll open a shop together and I'm going to make this as easy for you as possible. So I'm going to run the shop for you. So all you have to do is tattoo. You don't have to worry about it. So yeah, so even though we opened the shop in 2012, we were together since we were 19. So I'd been involved in tattooing since I was 19, I suppose, really. Sort of that's how I sort of was introduced to that industry. So what a long time. I,
0: I, I, yeah. I think now I'm like, shit, that's a long, long time. <laughs> that is a long time. That's It's been a long time since we, you remember everyone thought the world was going to end in 2012 because of the Mayans or something. <laughs> a long time since we thought the world was going to end. It may have. Yes. This could be a simulation. What uh, was your first tattoo? First
1: ever tattoo I had underage. Uh, and it was a really crap ring of flowers on my hip. <laughs> and I actually did get it with my mother's permission. So I went into the shop and they were like, uh I, I was honest, as you know, I was underage. And they said, Oh, well, as long as you got your mother's permission. So I rang my mother from the tattoo shop. And it was actually my mum on the phone, but it could have just yeah. been anybody. And they just were like, Yeah, okay, fine. And then they, but now, like, it's totally different now. People like it's yeah. you couldn't, you'd be, you'd have to be very clever to get a tattoo underage now. In the UK, I don't know what it's like in the US, but things are a lot stricter now.
0: Um, I think it really depends on how much your parents want to pursue it in the US. I know for my shop specifically, we do permanent makeup, right? Every once in a while, we'll do like a small two by two tattoo or something, which we did train in, but we just don't push a lot. It's not really the vibe of our shop. Every once in a while, we'll do something for like an existing customer, but mostly it's permanent makeup. If you are 15, 16 and you want your brows done, I won't say no. But mom has to be here the whole time. Mom has to sign the consent forms, and I want a copy of her license and your birth certificate on file. All of your details. So that if oh, I get yeah. coming after you, oh, I'm not gonna have somebody's my, daddy's girlfriend come yeah. in and then mom's coming yell. I'm not doing that. It could have been anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Did you guys get a lot of that at your shop? um
1: what people coming in trying things underage a lot yeah yeah but we by the time we got into it things had got stricter again so I got tattooed when I was underage but then we were like we are not getting involved in that mess now because in the UK I don't again it's the same over there but in the UK you can be part of the sex register for tattooing somebody underage it's that serious yeah because it's it's like they can't consent and you're touching them intimately Oh my god. Yeah, and like ABH, actual bodily harm. <laughs> Wait. Did you say that it's it's the yeah. sex registry? Yeah, you can be put on the sex
0: registry for tattooing somebody underage over here. That is truly crazy. And there's nothing listen, Katie Schofield taught me the word that you guys call pedophiles. We call them pedos. Pedophile. Yeah. Um, but then there was a word she heard on a TV show about a pedophile in jail who is also a police officer and she has decided like a dog with a bone that that is what americans call it and i figured out what it was but i i never heard that phrase before and she said you guys have a name for it but it's different than our name too like for a nickname for pedophiles nonce yeah that's what she that said
1: nonce <laughs> nonce 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 n-o-n-c-e why a nonce i i don't
0: know <laughs> I I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I'm glad to say, you guys, this is going to go in the sizzle reel. Zoe Hughes, not a nonce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please, please. I promise, I promise. One thing that you said to me before we hopped on, though, was that you were a little bit nervous. And that was kind of shocking to me. Hey friends, if you are enjoying today's episode, I would encourage you to go to glamlifepodcast.com Not only can you grab your tickets for our Christmas conference there, but you can actually watch this entire interview and you can see exclusive behind the scenes content, grab extra exclusive links in the descriptions, leave comments, ask questions, and watch the after show with Mindy and Katie. Because yes, I have a reputation with this podcast for like just asking Questions plainly, like Carla Ritchie Ardone's episode has got to be the crazy. It comes out next Tuesday. It has to be the craziest episode I've ever recorded with someone. When she said "no holes barred," she meant that. Yeah. But you personally have a reputation for just saying things plainly. You just kind of say it how you mean it all the time. I did not think anything shakes you. You seem to me like a very staunch woman.
1: I don't know. I, th- I think it's like when you ever you I don't know when you speak candidly, you speak candidly or when. When it's questions more about you rather yeah. than
0: the industry, I think you
1: feel more vulnerable. And yeah, not- but
0: <laughs> do you ever <laughs> feel that kind of seep into your education too? Because sometimes I find that I repeat myself, I repeat myself, I repeat myself, I repeat myself, and finally I want to look at the student and be like, "Why are you asking? You're not listening." And- yeah,
1: so I, I think like when it comes to teaching, I'm very. It's I suppose it's how I was taught. So it's like just straight cat even when i did my permanent makeup course so like tattooing is known like body tattooing world is known for being like they don't mess around uh you you'll purposely be broken down sometimes like on purpose um and then my the person taught me in permanent makeup um she's uh czech by nationality so like Um, A nationality that's, again, known for being really blunt and to the point. But Mm -hmm. I like that in a person because there's no sugar coat in you to the point. So I've always appreciated that. Whereas some people can be a bit sensitive and think, oh, my God, that's mean. Um, I prefer that. So I try to find that happy medium between the two. Because sometimes I do think, Christ, it's a little bit too far. The things maybe (laughs) I've... I'm being too blunt. Yeah. Yeah. So I try because I think I struggle with being stereotyped a lot and I'm so sensitive about that because I hate being stereotyped as being aggressive or intimidating and the fact that you're a woman I feel like as a heavily tattooed woman that happens so much more
0: yeah I'm sure it does yeah um you intimidated the shit out of me I just thought that you just did not like me because you know (laughs) So you were taking pictures um, at the step and repeat at the UK PMU conference, and I made Jasmine Debelius take me by the hand and walk over with me because I have taken your class before years ago and I really wanted to meet you but I was like it's so awkward if I walk over as like a fan I want a friend to introduce us you know like oh this is my friend Victoria so Jasmine you have to introduce me she was like she's so nice you're gonna love her I was like I know I'm gonna love her I just don't want her to be like oh hi nice to meet you hi oh my god oh, I I not, I'm not me. that and as we were walking toward you you physically ran away just-
1: <laughs> not because of you not not I know but I
0: didn't I know now what happens but I did not know at the time and I was like okay I'll catch her next time I'm in the United Kingdom
1: (laughs) I think that's my fear though as well like I I worry that like
0: perception is reality
1: yeah I don't even know why I worry so much about it I think it's just ingrained in me from like I suppose things that have happened in the past so I know why I feel like I'm constantly trying to prove Explain that wrong. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think a lot of it comes from, so I know that you were involved in some domestic abuse. You were a victim of domestic abuse. I was also years ago, my very first to just show beat me it. a woman
1: who hasn't, you know? Yeah, well.
0: dude. He, I remember he, I, I had a little Motorola flip phone that played music. It was the first one that played music. And I was trying to call my friend to come pick me up and he twisted it in half so I couldn't call her. Jokes on him, it still worked. Okay. Flip phones <laughs> were the goat. And yeah. he smacked me across the face with it. And while I was on the ground, he kicked me in the ribs and he was spitting on me, but the phone still rang. So <sighs> Kylie heard and she came and yeah. picked me up or whatever. But I find that even years later, that affects the way that I have relationships with someone who treats me like a queen. I feel like I have to over-explain myself or I'm worried what that might look like to them, like what, what my actions may have been, you know, instead of just- Yeah, I'm constantly analyzing like, yeah, I'm always time. trying to say like, what did someone maybe think of what I said or think of what I did? Or... It's very important to me that people don't misunderstand me. Yeah, and I think that's why because there there used to be physical consequences for misunderstandings. Oh yeah, i yeah, laughing because yeah. it's
1: ridiculous, not because it's funny. No, I know what you mean. Like like I said, show me a woman who hasn't hasn't been through it, which is concerning. <laughs>
0: exactly. So let's back up a little bit. So you're uh, you own a tattoo studio with your at the time husband, and at what point did you say I'm going to get into permanent makeup? Where did you hear of permanent makeup?
1: It was like 2014. And I think I was getting my hair done and it actually came from somebody who wasn't even in the industry.
0: Hey friends, commercials are really annoying. So I'm going to make this brief. Head over to BrowSister.com and use code GLAMLIFE20 for 20% off of anything you'd like to purchase there. And keep this podcast going. And that's exactly what we're going to do and jump right back into today's episode right now.
1: And um, my the girl I was doing my extensions was like... I'm going to get my eyebrows done and I think this is something you'd be really good at. Why, why don't you do it? I'd never heard of it before. And it, this was like 2014. And I was like, what? Like, this is a thing. Um, and I researched it and I was like, Oh my God, like from a business point of view, that would be absolutely amazing. Like an amazing thing to bring into the studio. Yeah. Um, because tattoo studios can be quite intimidating places, especially for women. Or- um, so I was like, Oh, that's, that's going to be, that would be just an amazing, like, business niche something to have in the business and to specialize in um so I just researched like who was the best um and I found an amazing trainer so like I'm lucky like you hear so many people who've had like bad training I don't think I've ever had any bad training but then that I've always decrepit, done my re- like, always like. done my research um so sometimes I can have a little bit of a cold heart sometimes um and I do think that some you can't always put the blame on everyone else like all sure. right, you ended up in a shitty situation. Did you do your
0: research? Like, <laughs> And also sometimes you could do great research. I think I put on a very comprehensive and well-thought-out curriculum. And because of that, I've franchised it. Other people teach my curriculum. They like it so much. Like I could come yeah. up with my own, but I'll buy yours instead. I, six states teach my curriculum. So the proof is in the pudding a little bit. But when I hear somebody say, well, you know, I took that class, but nothing came of it that's a you thing that's yeah a it's
1: it's everything's what you make of it everybody can teach you something even if it's like the what not to do that's true like you're always you, gonna pick up something you traveled to check and took that class no no she she was in the UK
0: mm-hmm. so um, you took the first class and then what because listen oh in 2014 God. people didn't know about permanent makeup like they do now it was not me yeah and i think so i you was didn't the just... only
1: person as well offering it from a tattoo studio at that yeah. time um and very much back then in the uk anyway uh the industry was trying to separate itself from tattooing so if there was all of that permanent makeup's not a tattoo it's totally different um and i was like well no it not. is the same <laughs> And I was very much like, well, I think it made me dig my heels in even more. I was like, this is where it belongs. Like, it should be in a tattoo studio. And very much, again, feel, felt like I needed to validate myself. I'd never been to conferences before. And I went to one because they're not really a thing in body tattooing. It's, they're con- there's conventions, conventions, but there's not conferences. Right. Um, so they're not educational like what we have in our industry, which is insane. Um, and when I went, I sat on the table. I didn't, I didn't know anybody there. I sat at a table. I, I couldn't even tell you who I was sat with, um, and the whole weekend, whenever somebody found out I was a tattooist, first they were like, "Oh, so you're doing it wrong." Oh, that's all. I, that's all I heard the whole time. It's very rather than like, "Oh my god," like what could I learn from you? It was like, "You're doing it wrong," then, and I was like, "Like you're using the wrong products." You're using the wrong machines. And that just, I just lit a fire under my ass even more.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I bet you that triggered you so deeply because of this thing you have about not being misunderstood, being very clear. Yeah. Oh, I was like, well, how did they not really know like... you came from body art? Look at you. You are covered in, t- in tattoos. <laughs> well, I was like, I was just I
1: i was really freshly in the industry like I said, I don't think anybody really... I was only there. What was really strange was I was only there because somebody else had nominated me for an, an award at that conference, and I had no idea. So when they were Your ringing Your first me, year? Within my first year. Amazing. Yeah. So they were ringing the shop, and I was like... my uh, The apprentice at the shop was going, so this person to speak to you, have been nominated for an award, and I was like, they've got the wrong... They've <laughs> got the wrong person. So I didn't speak... I refused to speak to the person like... An, three until they rang like three times and then they were like they said i'm not coming off the phone until Zoe comes to the phone and i was like oh, look i, think I love got the, the persistence wrong, you've got the wrong person because it wasn't this this thing wasn't really in tattooing so i was like I have, I have no idea what they're talking about
0: yeah where was that conference in nottingham in the uk that was such a boring movie i'm so sorry it's not in hand that was the worst <laughs> I've never
1: seen it I'm like where I am so crap with movies like anyone say like oh, have you seen this film nope. don't
0: no don't waste film. your time do not recommend <laughs> very boring um no yeah the first time that we went to the UK was in 2012 13 2013 we graduated college my husband and I and we went on one of those college tours so London Paris and Rome very fast and I remember sitting on the train and looking at like the stops and I was like oh there's Nottingham oh my god I know that place and everyone was like that's not anything (laughs) yeah it's not really like it's like
1: a nothing It's nothing It's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah I literally (laughs) just went for the conference conference being held there and just kind of my mind blown uh it was best newcomer and I won. <laughs> really, Amazing. I was, I, it was
0: like Look bu- how she was, buries the
1: lead. Oh, and I won. Best newcomer. It was just bizarre. It was bizarre because when they were reading everything out, like the my name wasn't coming up. So I was like, oh, they've forgotten me. <laughs> I was like, I be, they've forgotten. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Re- it was really, really bizarre, mind blowing, frustrating because I kept feeling like people were discounting me. Was the delegate. Dynamic- because then yeah, it
0: <laughs> was the dynamic kind of changing then? Because you said that when you guys opened that shop, it was very much you pushing him forward. And now here you are receiving awards and getting all this validation, all this attention. It's this new emerging thing that's snowballing. Did that change things? Oh, 100%. Like, I think uh, once
1: I became more successful, that was it. That, that was it he did not like that at all
0: um, you hate to hear it you know because your partner is supposed to be your safe place who cheers you on and says of course you can do it I believe in yeah. you yeah and, and I was that literally for him he texted me though my husband literally texted me those words just yesterday I believe in you because I was crying I was like you can't do it you can't figure it out it was yeah
1: uh, and, and I was that for him and then I truly I believed that he was that For me like but I was just blind I like I've only figured this stuff out like afterwards yeah that it it was probably the success like don't get me wrong like I've never I'll never have that confirmation but I've got a feeling that that's probably what it is for like,
0: sure it definitely plays a role especially if there's any type of abuse whether it's verbal or physical or narcissistic abuse it doesn't matter once the the power dynamic changes and you don't necessarily pour all me. of your into the other person um it starts to become like well what about me and yeah. then resentful and then resentment turns into other things i it used to all be about him it yeah. always
1: was and i was ha- i, I totally was happy see
0: with that, you know. I I was So happy. what changed then? When did it change? When did you say I'm walking away from this business oh, I'm building? He left me. With the <laughs> I business. Didn't
1: him. I, I didn't leave him. He left me. Um so he we were still working together. Um I went to sleep one night. He would never come to bed at the same time. Um and he came upstairs at midnight on a Monday and he went, I want a divorce. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I didn't see it coming at all. I was blind. Did you think he um, was joking? No. I would have I been like, "Oh!" I, I was really confused, really upset. I didn't really, I don't think I believed him at the time. Yeah. But then in the morning, it was the same. And it just devastated me. And then I was doing everything. So he was like saying... He wanted to leave me because of me. I made him feel a certain type of way. I made Mm. him feel horrible. Mm. I'm not a nice person. So that's why he didn't want to be with me. Um, So I was like doing, I was like desperately trying to save my marriage. Right. But we worked together still for like weeks, maybe months. (gasps) Where I was like, really? Yeah, desperately trying to fix my marriage that I believed I'd broken. Um, and everybody in the shop, nobody would talk to me. I'd go into work and everybody would ignore me. No way. Um, Yeah. So I, I realized now he was, he'd been like, he'd been having an affair and I didn't realize that until like three months after we broke up. With someone in um, the shop? A, a, a really young client, like much younger than him.
0: Anons. Um. Huh? Anant.
1: <laughs> she was legal <laughs> but
0: I'm, learning. About, I'm yeah. learning British words just about
1: yeah um I'm getting so much trouble <laughs> no, no, no 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 um no no she was legal but a big age gap and um but I didn't find that out for ages anyway when I found that out actually it was a relief um but I think he realized like there was going to come a point where that was going to come out so he was already working on all the people in the shop and telling them like lies about me, yeah. So everybody hated me. I worked in a studio where everybody hated me. Well, that's a you shame. Know, I went into work every day. No one spoke to me. It was miserable, and I believed I was the problem. <laughs> so I, I kept going because I was like, I'm gonna fix this, and I'm gonna work really hard, and he's gonna see. That's that.
0: really bad, actually. I'm very sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it's like a, like a puppy. It was a
1: client that pointed out to me you need to like in the in the UK we've got women's aid which is like just the most amazing service for like women who are affected by domestic abuse Mm -hmm. and it was a a client that came in she she it's mad right so she never actually booked with me she won a competition and what her husband won a voucher for permanent makeup service with myself he gave it to her she came in to get her eyebrows done um, just was witness to the whole situation in the shop, And just from that one coming in and spending time with me and having her eyebrows done and seeing the circumstances in which I was working under, she said to me, Zoe, I want you to, like, my friend works for women's aid and I really want you to give her a ring. Cause this isn't right. So what are the chances? Like, that, that was inevitable. That I know like that she would come in like she didn't even like she just won. The fact that yeah. she like, she didn't even win. Her won, like, Yeah. And she was the one that was like, I need you to ring this service because this isn't right.
0: So then from there, when did you decide to I, fuck it? I'll just do this on my own.
1: I think. My husband would go. He, my he would go missing all the time. Huh. I was so depressed. We'd I'd always have to like phone his clients and be because he would say he couldn't come into work. He couldn't physically come into work. He couldn't work with me. I was that bad. So he would go missing. Um, and then I think I rang my stepdad one day. It was a Saturday, and I was like, I just, I think it was he. I'd said to him, I can't go on like this anymore. I'll put up with it for X amount of time because he kept saying he didn't know what he wanted he he wanted didn't know if he wanted to leave me but he was making his, he was deciding. So I made him set a date so that date had come and he went missing on that date. so we were supposed to talk about what was going to happen. He went missing. I couldn't take it I rung my stepdad and I was like, I cannot come in on Tuesday because we were closed Sunday and Monday. I was like, I cannot come back here on Tuesday and work under these circumstances anymore. I have to go. And my stepdad just said, my friend owns, he's renting out a room in this building. I can get you in there by Tuesday. I'll get a van this evening. We'll come down. We'll get all your shit out and we will get you in by Tuesday and you will not even have to take a day off work. And that happened.
0: I didn't even take a day off work. You see, there are good men out there and then there are... (laughs) You know, weak man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I so know. you start working by yourself, you're working in your own room. But I think that's where the majority of people who listen to this podcast are right now. They have their little room where they work by themselves and they're trying to just pay the rent every month. So, how did you go from there, literally rock bottom? This is all I got to the Zoe Hughes who's selling online courses. Internationally and being, you know, on every stage I I've been on,
1: <laughs> I didn't even want to work on my own. So I was like, I'm going to be so lonely because I'd always worked with a big team of people, and I was like contacting other tattoo shops so I'm like, can I come and work at your shop? Because of who my ex husband was, they were like they just didn't want to get involved, so they were like, no, Wait, I don't want to get
0: involved. Let me ask you, did any of the people from that tattoo shop ever talk to you again later? Like, hey, you know, in hindsight, we really were unkind to you.
1: No, and two of them were women, and one was a mother herself, and I don't think I could... I'm a really forgiving person, but I don't know if I could ever forgive somebody or or another woman for doing that to me, especially coming into this industry and seeing how much women have each other's backs in this industry. It's madness to me. Like, I I would never do that to a colleague. I feel like even though... You can be blindsided by what people are telling you. I think what you see, they saw me coming to work in pieces. They saw me losing weight like nobody's business. They saw me looking after my child on my own while he went missing. I don't think there was an excuse for them to believe him anymore. I feel like even as a female and especially as a mother. Yeah. They could have been like,
0: is not right here.
1: Yeah. But no. Um,
0: well, I'll one- tell you what I saw. I saw a lady in a sequined gown. It was you running towards the fire not away from it and rumor has it that you were ready to get get in the fight with somebody else's man don't put your hands on her I'll fight you so you have been up for any and everything anyone did to you good for you
1: yeah and I think it was like so I I went and I was like I'm so lonely and I was really sad all the time and I was having my moment um and I still didn't know about the affair at this point once I found out for the no I still didn't know um how did you find out so i obviously managed everything i managed the shop. i managed his social media on top of everything i did up for myself i still managed all his stuff he told me so my daughter had her first halloween school disco and i was like look it's in, i know you're probably going to leave me but i think it's important that we show her that we can still be friends <laughs> um and go, both go to this halloween disco and he was like i can't i've got to work and blah, blah, blah. so i said like, okay fine and then so whilst I was there, I had a notification to my phone because I managed all his stuff. And he, his, the girl he was having an affair with tagged him. He was actually out on a date. He took her on a date rather than come to his daughter's first school disco. And he wow. came up on my phone. Oh so,
0: my God. Yeah. He beat booty over baby. I yep. cannot.
1: But that, like I mean, that happens again, another thing that happens a lot. So that's how I found out. And I tell you something now. The weight of everything he told me, it's all my fault, went away. I was like, it's not me. It's not yeah. me. He's having yeah. an affair. Yeah. <laughs> and I was OK. So actually finding out about the affair was just this turning point. It for made me. sense. Yeah. I was like, I'm okay. I'm not a horrible person. It's not me. It was all lies. I'd never heard of gaslighting before. And he had said to me that I was gaslighting him. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that term. And when I looked it up, I was like, fuck, that's happening to me. me. (laughs) Yeah. So he kind of like told me (laughs) about it. But they say it right in
0: your face, honey.
1: It's so bizarre, but like, yeah, the the moment I found out about his affair was the moment I became okay. And then I was like, so for months before that, I think like maybe even like two or three months went by where I wouldn't even answer messages from my clients. I didn't want to take on anyone new. I didn't, I I was, I was happy for this to just go down. And the minute I found out about that affair, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And I buried my head in work because I was like, my daughter, there's a little girl watching me like she's watching me. That's what true. What the fuck am I doing? Like Good for she you to know that you can do this on your own. You don't need a man to be a successful business owner right. or to have anything that you want.
0: And let's and be was- honest, you were the successful business owner because it was you pushing the business forward that's
1: what I see he was now. just a
0: tattoo artist
1: that's what I see now he, he was a good tattooist but I he went he worked in America I sent all of those emails I sent emails as him like <laughs> hi this is Dean but it was me
0: it was me I have one that's fake that's me it says um hi this is Courtney can I help you it's like an answering service that way I can't be blamed <laughs> I didn't answer in time <laughs> sorry that was Courtney we had to let her go <laughs> And it was like, yes, yeah, so everything just
1: went, I was like, hang on, if you can do that for someone else, you can do this for yourself. Of and course. what better time than now? Like your, your child, who is a female, is watching. Um, right. And I just was like, I, wo- I just woke up. I just, I've always had ambition. And I think before then, I was like really happy to give that ambition to somebody else and let somebody else have the limelight. But I was just like, not anymore. Not anymore because you can think like he was the last person in the world that, like, I ever thought would do that. There was like he, there was a lot of drugs as well that I didn't even realize was going on. I was couldn't believe how blind I actually was so naive, so naive.
0: You don't have Um, any. You don't have any reference for it. Now you can spot things. When other people are oh, having a conversation, God. you can spot things pretty easily. Because you you've seen that, you've heard that, you know. But when you're it's your first time here, you never, you didn't know. Oh, I could spot a red flag a mile off.
1: Oh yeah. Mile off now. Mile off. But I everything fell into place from that moment on. It's bizarre because that would be the uh, the shattering of some, most people. But yeah. I feel like he dragged me down so much. I would never change anything about the way in which things went. Even the most soul-destroying things I was ever told. Because the fact that he'd said those first and then I found out with the affair made everything okay. Made me realize that none of that was
0: true. Yeah, it you're was like just Bane. Deflection. You're like Bane from Batman, you know? Like you were, you were <laughs> down in the, that deep pit. And you were just working on yourself. You were crafting this monster that was going to become. Because, okay, so when you like woke up, you say, and you decided I'm going to run my business as a business. What was the first goal? What was the first thing you said? I'm go- This is what I'm going to do.
1: I don't even know. I, I just buried my head in work because I think that was, you know, as unhealthy or as healthy as people will say that is. I don't know. Like it was my distraction. It was my happy place. I worked with women who could relate and understand everything I was going through. And I just started to become really, really empowered. And I realized that by sharing what I'd been through, not only was healing me, because I think if you're heard, it's so important to be heard. Like there's such a big, st- so many women are told to be quiet. That's true. <laughs> like, don't, keep, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. Like, why are you talking about it? But being heard is such a huge part of it. Um, and then, like, people, like, I just started to love work again. I was like, I love this. And then I realized, you know what, I, I've i got a USP here. Like, you know, they always say, like, find out what your USP is. My USP, I just realized, like, there's not a lot of people in this industry, in the UK anyway, who came from the background I came from. So rather than, like, regret any of it or see any of it as this sad story, it actually, like, it's what made me different. And it's like, actually, I do things yeah. slightly differently because of the where I come from. And I again I always felt like discounted, or people would say like I constantly hear like, you know, Pimler it's not a tattoo, it's not a tattoo, and it's different. And I was like, no, I'm I'm done I'm going to change this. Like people need to understand it. And I'm gonna explain where I've come from and I'm gonna explain why I know what I'm saying is right is right. Um, I, I think I just figured out my USP. What is a USP? What, like your unique, like service point. Like my USP was the background that I came from.
0: Oh, like, like content pillars or like your messaging.
1: Yeah. So like what makes you different? Cause we all yeah. do eyebrows. So one, just... what
0: separates <laughs> me from the girl down the road who does eyebrows? Yes. Well, okay. So I just gave... Me? I just gave a two hour webinar on this today, <laughs> but I just have never heard USB before.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah. So what, what makes me different as a tattooist to a client, and um, or as a permanent makeup artist to a client, why would you come to me as a client? And then I just slowly dawned on me like, well, I've got a lot to teach actually. And what makes me different as a trainer, my background again, you know, yeah. I, I, know things or i i've had the privilege of you know being able to watch other tattoo artists work next to tattoo artists who are known all over the world you know most people like we were saying they work on their own yeah you only get to watch somebody else tattoo when they pay for it i've got all that for free
0: that's true and that's a really solid point most people never get as far in their education because every time they want to learn something they have to pay for it
1: Yeah. And then sometimes it's just not a possibility for some people, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So when you're working in a a salon environment, a group environment, you get apprenticeship included with that, essentially, because there's really not a lot of apprenticeship available in permanent makeup. It's not a thing like it is with body art.
1: It's not a thing in the UK, for sure, really. Yeah.
0: I offer Um, it, but so many people turn me down because they don't want to pay for it. Well, yeah, I know.
1: But it's strange. But if you go to like if you go to university, you're paying for that education. So what's the difference?
0: Right. What's and honestly, difference? I have a university education and this one yeah. is better Although, education.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like with university, there's no guarantee you're coming out with a job. No, there's a guarantee
0: right. here. Like it prepped me for this podcast. My degree is in family studies, but uh, like family cycles and abuse and that kind of thing. But uh, but for my actual career, for running a business, for learning how to pay taxes, for raising children and eh, much. Yeah, the
1: school, school of life.
0: But you know what, you're, you have a really solid point about that. You have so much to teach because you've been on both sides of it and you've worked with lots of needles and lots of pigment lines and lots of skin and lots of different circumstances. And, um, and some of our very first really good educators were exactly the same. Taryn Darling, she was a body artist first, and she was the first really amazing and welcoming PMU artist I ever met. Will Anthony, I've hosted Will here. He, I, we do his, um, his eyeliner class here. He, i've taken will's class in the uk yeah in the UK. he boy he's a body artist huh boy he really yeah. is he he barks at you and he's very yeah. from new jersey like i feel like he has the double machismo because he's a guy from new jersey and he's a body artist so all these little girls are standing around a little bit intimidated of him he's like
1: <laughs> do what i said but he's also like such a good teacher i find no, he's his... like
0: a little teddy bear he's like a cranky grumpy old man he's not old sorry will but you know what i mean like that <laughs> very type of like the grumpy grandpa is he's yeah. very fat. like you know he's lovable but yeah. he, it's off-putting when you first hear that voice and like you were saying women walking into a tattoo shop are usually very intimidated
1: yeah i think it was the way of weeding you out or when it like can you take it or can you not? Um, because you yeah. need a thick skin, whether it's permanent makeup or tattooing w- or both. You need you need a thick skin, <laughs> yeah. And um, because if it's not going to be other artists trying to tear you down, your cl- your own clients in the beginning, they'll they love you. They'll get you if they sniff a sign of weakness. They'll love you.
0: Dude, it's, it's wild, actually, some of the first-time stories. You know, I coach beauty businesses, so I've heard people from all over the U.S., from Canada, from U.K., wherever, especially in those first few years of business, who some of the situations that clients put them in are like, damn, I'm glad that you had somebody to ask because that would have been the absolute wrong thing to do in that situation. Well, I told her that I couldn't work on her eyeliner from, you know, 1942 and yeah. <laughs> Blue and it's running down her face but she was really insistent so she said she'd send me referrals no yeah <laughs> I don't want her walking around saying you did <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I know that's what I mean so like you've you you'll have it coming at you from all aspects so yeah and like yeah. I can seem really mean like the way the tattooist will sort of break you down but I see I see the point in it like yeah and it did me no wrong. Like it did me no wrong. Like it gave me a really thick skin. You, you just, you have to. You
0: when have you're to. working with students, do you ever get feedback that you're too blunt with them?
1: I get a lot of feedback that people like the way I just say, I like, I I don't overcomplicate it. And I just say it. Yeah. Um, I'm really sweary. So I do apologize. I'm like, you know, I swear a lot. Um, <laughs> so if you're offended by swearing you're going to have to get unoffended it's not something (laughs) I can change (laughs) I can't even promise I'll try Um, no but like I get it and that's from the people who've like taken the time to come me speak to me train with me whether that's online or in person the only time I've ever heard that is from people who actually have never met me so they'll be like oh she's in They
0: haven't actually given me that,
1: that time of day.
0: By the way, so how did it, how did you start translating this into online sales? Because you were one of the first online courses that I took. I took, um, an eyeliner class. I think it was an eyeliner class in like 2000, must've been 16, 17. Oof. Um, and I, I knew who you were because I kept seeing you over and over again on Instagram and I've known who you are ever since then, but I've been, I had been seeing you on Instagram. And when I saw you come out with a course, I was so hungry for more education. that I was like, take my money, you know, here's my credit card. But how did you get to that point? How did you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. The production value is good. The, the work itself is like easy to translate on a computer that I can charge a couple hundred bucks for this. Did you think that it would do as well as it did?
1: No, not at all. But I think, like, I'd worked in America, so I'd come over and worked in America yeah. alongside my ex-husband. Um, I worked in Nashville. Okay. Um, oh yes, um,
0: We spoke. <laughs> we spoke. Was- I was about to have a baby, like a month. You you worked in Nashville either in September or in November, because I, I-
1: a little bit earlier than that. It it was I can't remember, but it was it managed to been a little bit. Yeah, it was around it was like
0: late summer for us. August, here. September, something like that. Something like, yeah. I wanted to take that class so badly. And actually I could have, I could have maxed out a credit card and taken it. And back then I totally would have maxed out a credit card to take it. Cause I knew I needed help with eyeliner bad. But um, the thing is, if you go have a baby, then it's like, it's almost like
1: you I was don't at that the into practice
0: away.
1: yeah. And you don't get to put that knowledge into practice straight away. Either. Right. So and all... I,
0: I couldn't travel anyway. I was gonna have the baby any second. Yeah. And I had messaged you and I I forgot about this. That's so crazy. I messaged you on Instagram and said, When are you coming back to Nashville? I'm dying to take your class, but I'm gonna have a baby. And you said, um, I don't know, I'm not here very often. And I felt like I had fucking missed the boat. <laughs> I feel like as
1: well, like that was we'd not long i might have been going through the breakup at that point as well because and i I think i was probably like well i actually don't think i'm gonna be back but you want to say it out loud uh because i didn't know what was going on with him but i went over there and then i was like these this is madness like the like people know who i am in a completely different way this is fucking mental right um and then there were so many people who who couldn't come Wanted to come there. I was like, Well, how do you make that as accessible to people who have travel limitations? Right. And I suppose it's try and do something per online. So it sounds bad, but like, I suppose it's just completely winging, winging it. Because I don't think I'd taken an online webinar myself. Oh, you whole. hadn't even
0: taken a webinar and you produced a webinar?
1: Yeah. So, like, I'd not, yeah, I'd not taken an online class.
0: So I was, well, back like, then, nobody respected online classes
1: yeah maybe and i know tattooing the body world, tattooing world definitely wouldn't have yeah um, and they are they're almost against paying for training well no they are against paying for training they're against paying to get into an industry but they're gonna have to change soon because it's just the way things are going um and i think that they're missing a trick as well like if it's if it's good education like i said you yeah. know you pay to go to university so-
0: that's the thing somebody's gonna do it
1: Somebody yeah, is, well, well right
0: we kind of are waiting for the heroes who are going to step up and reluctantly say, Well, you're supposed to do it the right way. I'll go ahead and get paid for it because you sitting in your shop saying that's the wrong way to do it isn't helping other people.
1: No, it's not. And then, and, no, they're and not- it
0: erodes the industry.
1: Yeah. And, and they're not it's i usually find the loudest people like barking negatively you say okay well then make a suggestion they don't have any suggestion anything other than a negative input they just want to be negative (laughs) i think it's jealousy a lot of the time isn't it they want to do it and they see in somebody else they're jealous of the person that's doing it so they're attacking that person but realistically it's because they want to be where that person is they feel like they have the right to be there well do it then do, well do it then it should it needs someone's like you said someone's going to do it and nine times of ten it might you know it, it'll probably be the wrong person like if you're right. so much better and you're going to do it right then fucking do it
0: have you dealt with that a lot in permanent makeup um Said people kind of approached you and said like oh well you must be doing it wrong if you're a body artist first you're doing it wrong do you feel that you have run into a bunch of people who felt like maybe you didn't deserve it as much as they did or something along those lines
1: um not so much in permanent makeup um i've had like with my online i did an online w- live webinars uh last year and earlier this year um and I kind of heard through the grapevine that like somebody or some people were saying it was cheapening in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was like, okay, well, but, but I'm, but I'm making the money though. And I'm, I'm, it's successful. And the feedback I'm getting is really positive. And I'm getting the feedback. Like you were saying, you know, people were saying to me, I love the way that you teach something. Like right. I love the way that you are saying this. Nobody's ever said it to me like this before no one's ever just told me all the answers and they just you're just telling me and it's it's bizarre so i was like well i'm doing something right then i'm obviously doing something
0: right If you're affecting change, whether that's on a small scale, being like just this one person in their business putting out better work, or on a big scale where you're teaching lots of people how they should do something, whether that's how the industry should change or how you should uh, go about having apprenticeship or whatever it is, I think as long as there is positive change from it, you're not cheapening anything. It doesn't matter if they paid for it or didn't pay for it or if they paid pennies or if they paid thousands. I mean – your goal isn't to line your pockets. Your goal is to have integrity and sleep yeah. at night. And I know, I know. And you can't like, sleep at night if you're broke. Trust me. Yeah, I know.
1: And I know that like, we can we can all be like, in like have imposter syndrome and all this stuff. But when it comes to what I know, I know what I know. <laughs> and <laughs> I know that I can back up what I say because I've lived it, which is why I think I prefer to like demo at a conference over to speak at a conference. Like I'd like to challenge myself to speak at a conference. Um, but I I feel like that's like, would be a massive fear for me. And I take comfort in demoing because I feel like when I'm sat there physically doing what I'm doing. Yeah. If somebody comes up to me and questions me and says, that's wrong. I'm like, well, I'm fucking doing it though. I I just show, but I've just shown you and it's working. (laughs) The proof is right here yeah so that gives me comfort um but I it's probably a symptom of having ambition I suppose I don't like to stay comfortable for too long so I'd like to challenge myself and maybe speak at a conference instead of like sticking to my little
0: safe zone I can make that happen I can can probably pass out (laughs) Uh, no, that's something that never, ever um, upsets me in any way. Like I could speak in front of ten people, ten thousand people, a hundred thousand people, and I can do it off the cuff. That just wow. does not put any fear in me. If you ask me to back up a vehicle straight with my husband standing outside the car, I will piss my pants. But I think I, I'm
1: better backwards than I am forwards. Sure, oh, like,
0: I need the back. Can, of the I can reverse I the you. car. <laughs> I could parallel park, but. <laughs> But if I reverse the car and I have to go straight, and my husband in particular is watching, <laughs> I'm nervous about it, dude. He's gonna tell me I oh, straighten the wheel out. Yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> Everybody yeah. has something. It's okay if if public speaking is not your bag, but I think that you're still very visible on a public stage, on a worldwide stage. I mean, I'm telling you, I live in the middle of nowhere, and I know who you are, and and you ran away from me, and I still was like. <laughs> I <didn't "Hey>, somebody... <laughs> Somebody hooked me up at her. <laughs> so you're at least a little that. approachable. <laughs> I
1: didn't, I didn't, I promise, I promise. And it, it was it was devastating actually, like. You're fast was, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was like, it's like I would never change anything at all about that evening. I'm obviously devastated that I didn't get to spend much time that evening. And I w- did panic afterwards about how that would look again, coming back to like, always worrying the- i would i i think i was just like oh my god people are gonna think that i thought i was too good to like be there oh
0: yeah because she like where is she she's not around yeah, yeah. oh she
1: didn't bother coming um but there was a reason i wasn't yeah. there and i would yeah. never
0: ever have not been there for that person she wasn't ditching the party <laughs> i did parties I'm there for the first 20, 30 minutes, and then you don't see me again because I'm already in my room, in my robe, with my wine and my husband.
1: <laughs> uh, I was ready for a dance. I was, like, really ready. Because, again, I think, like, that was the first conference properly in the UK. Um, we've had there's – there's been, a like, long time. conference drama in the UK. Like, I know
0: all about it.
1: I've yeah. read the legal paperwork. <laughs> yeah, I got burned as well, and a lot of us got burned – um so this was like the first one and it's the only one in the uk if if i'm not wrong right now well no there's wool as well but it's slightly different it's a different kind of uh way of doing things but i was saying to alice i was like you've got such a massive opportunity here you have have no competition like if you do this right like you were going to restore everybody's faith in like uk conferences again no pressure (laughs) well she i mean she could handle it
0: no, she, she can very well handle it. She is my UK distributor for my nummings. Yeah. So we have little, not meetings, but you know, we meet on a zoom chat and talk for an hour or two every once in a while. And we talk about it. And I know she went through it, throwing that conference yeah. together because it was very difficult after everything that had happened yeah. to get people to say, yeah, sure. I'll buy a ticket. involved, need-
1: Or yeah. even be involved as a speaker, as a demonstrator, People were completely scared off and yeah.
0: rightly so. Well, they lost uh, them. but she's coming here in December, I'm having a conference at my shop. It's a one-day conference. It's a benefit for Toys for Tots for Christmas. mean so she, she's coming and she's speaking. Um, I don't know what she's going to talk about, but she said, I invited you to mine. Why haven't you invited me to yours? And I was like, because it's, you know, it's small and it's kind of local. Like, it's just people in the South, really. It's not like people are traveling here from well veronica is coming from czech republic she said and i'm coming from the uk okay come on i'm so excited we got kingdom <laughs> yeah she is superwoman
1: she stepped up to the plate and she really you know that was restored, a great conference restored everybody's faith that and- was a
0: great conference i really enjoyed it i had so much fun and i went straight from that conference to Woolop in miami and that was a whole different experience that you're right. They have a totally different way of doing things for Woolap. It's totally different, business. like setup, in them. Yeah. And the, and the pace of it as well. So as a, I was at Woolap as a vendor, there was no reason for me to be there on day one because it's not people walking around mixing and mingling, like at a conference, they didn't come to hear people speak. They're there to perform and that's all they're yeah. worried about. And a lot of them, it's cheaper to buy a ticket as a competitor than as anything else, yeah. so they have two or three events back to back that they're trying to get set up for, and it's chaos. You know how how com- competitions are. Yeah, it's stuff. Where's this? I got to set up. This isn't right. My stool's wrong. Whatever. Like nobody was coming visit me. It was very entertaining to watch people set up and break down and set up and break down and but. Yeah. I was like, why am I here? And then day two, when they had the speakers, then it was more like a regular conference. So I just didn't know what to expect. I wasn't sure what was going to happen next or like what was my... What was my role in the whole thing? Yeah. yeah, but it was very cool to watch. I had a few friends who were competing and see kind of how people do the same things very differently, which I mean, goes right back to education. Everybody is taught different ways. Everyone develops their own style, but to see it that many people in one room doing it was amazing. Did you compete in Woolock? No, I've never been to Woolock. You've never been? I was No, no,
1: never been. Um, I was aware of it slightly and then now I'm more aware of it yeah um, I, I know it's like a completely different format it's kind of more like the body tattooing convention world where everybody's tattooing and but they're competing at the you know and not the not the competition than-
0: like with, um, with body art conventions, you kind of walk from booth to booth and you can watch and pick their brain. That's like nonstop speakers. That's on day two, day one, nobody allowed on the floor, at least in Miami, their department of health was there physically present the whole time with clipboards walking around and they were dressed like they were going into surgery. Like when these people lay down on these tables, I thought we were going to take out an ax and get the show started. Like the the floor, the whole floor was uh, saran wrapped and then all, everything was wrapped in plastic. And then, you just keep touching the same shit just because it's wrapped in plastic doesn't make it hygienic but go off yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but um, it's ticking boxes half the time yeah and it was um it was like 50 or 60 beds all on the, the floor and it was gated off like you couldn't go and watch them perform oh, only right. the judges and the department of health could and then on day two they got rid of all of that and it was now the stalls, the booths where you could go and watch. Now I can go and get in their face and watch them as they open skin. Yeah, but yesterday, okay I, now. <laughs> yesterday I needed shoe covers to stand thirty feet away. It didn't make any yeah. sense. For me, but yeah, it's it's really wild. It's I never saw anything like that before. Which again is
1: it's got it's, it's that USP. It's got its own little USP. Yeah. So I find that quite interesting,
0: and I'd like to go. One like... of my clients, it was asked to go and do um like a nonstop speaker at Woolap in Turkey. She does shaded eyeliner that yeah, she's my
1: really really good friend. So I know exactly who you're talking. Oh, about. you know who it is?
0: Yeah, there, yeah, there, Raymond. Yeah, she's coming here. She's gonna come and um demo at my conference because the girls are dying to heal brown eyeliner. They it all either is black or it heals cold. So we're very excited to have the Raymond. Yeah. So she she's
1: I've trained Claire as well. She's one of my students. You did um, great, and <laughs> she's amazing in her own right. Um, and she's working on something at the moment, which I I won't out. But we've just she came to me and we've just filmed it for her.
0: Oh, you helped her with those. Yeah, she did three, right? Yeah. Exciting. And they, they are going to be insane. So sick the whole time. Yeah. So everything's going to be voiceovered. Yeah yeah now she's
1: I I know it was like just I was like don't stress like you're amazing just do what you do you see how quick
0: you are to give another woman support the things that someone should be saying to you I know but it's always the case isn't it like we can
1: ease we can give it out and then when it comes to taking your own own advice it's just like "No, no
0: I find that in every facet of life I find that to always be true that's always true. It doesn't matter whether it's parenting, or um, you know, coaching, or actually teaching the skill set, or boyfriend advice when we were younger. I find that's always true. It's so easy to see somebody else's full picture and say, "You idiot, stop doing that." But when it's you, it's so much harder to be like, "No, I'm worthy too." Yeah, I know. It's talk about that a lot. I I know, and I say it to people all
1: the time. I'm like, it's fine to be your own biggest cri- critic. Like that's fine. But there has to be balance. You need to be your own biggest cheerleader as well. And yeah. I say it to people all the time, and I give people rows all the time. And then
0: <laughs> when it comes to me, I'm just like, oh no, 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 I'm fine. No. When did you, you start re- feeling like I I am actually like less imposter? Like I am actually in it. I am actually doing it. I'm actually successful. I still get it.
1: I don't think it'll ever go away. I still get it now but I, I have confidence in my knowledge. Like I said, like I know what I know. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I I, nobody can take that away from me. And I really, really see the, the value in my background. I know that not many people have the same background as me. And I've been very privileged to have that background. Um, and I'm very grateful for it and I'm not going to do a disservice, um, by not understanding like how powerful my journey has been
0: well you're qualified but are you successful do you think of yourself as successful
1: I don't think of myself as successful but then I do things and they become a success (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I'm always like because I come from a tiny nowhere town as well like I yeah where the hell is that accent from where are you from I, so I'm from Swansea in South Wales and you can drive from the bottom of Wales to the top of Wales in four hours and back. Okay. Like it's like You can get all over the country where I'm from in like less than a day.
0: How do people in avoid often. sleeping with like a relative by accident? That's a very small. In, in some towns. <laughs> <sighs>
1: That's all I can say. Like I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> um, and so. I think it's I think that's where that comes from. So I always it always blows my mind. I'm like, I'm but I'm just me from like nowhere. Like it always blows my mind that anybody gives a crap about what I have to say. But then but then I'm like, but but you know what you know. Yes. <laughs> so, so say it. So say it because um there's so much misinformation out there. Facts. Oh my god. But at the same time we all do things differently so I'm I'm not a it's my but way of a are facts the person.
0: Yeah, facts, facts are, are not facts. feelings. You can have um something that you prefer doing. The preference yeah. is fine. But when we start lying about facts we're doing yes. a disservice to the person paying us for the education.
1: 100%. 100%. And I think like I've always I I don't know. I've always been just I don't get keep anything. Like yeah. At all. Like I because I don't feel threatened by anybody and I and that's not in a big-headed way I just don't No, when you're the queen of your
0: own lane what's you know
1: I I just don't yeah I don't see it like that so like I've trained people from like from Wales from South Wales from my own town yeah. and people say like oh don't well, don't you think that's gonna take away business from backpacking like, no I've, I've got 12 years on her I have like, business in Nashville honey I'm not yeah. worried <laughs> I'm like she hasn't they these are my hands these are my hands. And I've been witnessed, like, sometimes I can literally tell somebody, like, this is how you do. And they still don't do it that way. So I'm just like, saying, <laughs> it's just like, they don't have my hands. And I just don't see things in a competition kind of way. Maybe right. that's been my detriment sometimes. I don't know.
0: But and it's actually, got me- I've always said this. And I think that you'll probably agree with me because there's been nothing you've said so far that I haven't been like, me too, me too. If I, as an educator, ever worry that my student could take clients from me, you did then a good I job. should stop being an educator. <laughs> you haven't done a good <laughs> job. If you told them that well, they're going to steal people from you. Like, Literally. First of all, you can't take clients from me. No. They're, that's not... You're, my client chooses if they want to go somewhere else. You didn't like come in here and take them by the hand and drag them out of the building. And secondly... If my students aren't booked up and desirable, I'm a shitty educator. Yeah, yeah. That's and what, how that's dare I look at the people I'm training as competition? You, I'll you, say it
1: often. Don't judge me by my work. Judge me by my students' work. Like, yeah. You know, I'm not aware. <laughs> I could be putting myself right in the fire line here. I'm not aware of anybody who's said oh, I went to a class and it was crap I didn't learn anything.
0: Yeah. Um, I speak- I've never heard that. I'm listen. I'm in the PMU scammers board. Okay, I watch that board consistently because I'm terrified of it. I'm in the PMU scammers board. I've never seen your name dropped.
1: You know, and I'm not saying that that's not the case because it could be the case. It it could be the case, um, but I will give everybody everything of me. I don't get anything if you
0: know. It's it's up to that person then what they do with that.
1: That's what I hear
0: the most from these. Okay, so if I'm coaching someone to craft their own curriculum or to become an educator or whatever, and they say to me, that's the first red flag is, well, you know, I don't want to tell them everything because then they could take my whole business. First of all, then your business is like a balloon, like it's not stable at all. And secondly, don't be an educator. If you're going to say I'm not going to tell them everything, my grandmother used to do that. She, we're from, uh, Mar- not me, but our family is from Lebanon. We are Lebanese and she knew the recipes, right? Like the family recipes. It's our kibby recipe. It's our tabbouleh recipe, whatever. She would teach each of her daughters-in-law the recipes, but she would leave out different ingredients in each of the recipes she would write down because she didn't <laughs> want her sons to like their tabbouleh more than their mothers to I live for that pettiness though sometimes. <laughs> Honey. Now, the but she's dead and the food sucks here. Like, <laughs> and I'm a girl, I'm supposed to cook that now, and I don't know how to do it, Ina, because you left yeah. out the ingredients. So it benefits her in the short term, but long term, she actually hurt her own family. Yeah. So I think that when we think of it in those terms as educators, being really short sighted, you're shooting yourself in the foot because your only legacy, you're not going to tattoo forever. Exactly. And I only legacy. want clients that want me.
1: Yeah. I I don't want to convince somebody to come to me. I want them to come to me because they've done their research. That's my ideal client. A well-informed, well-researched client. That's who I want to be working on. Like, I I don't want somebody who's just picked me, who's just ended up in my studio because I happen to be 10 minutes down the road from them.
0: Yeah, Like, great, but that's not my ideal client. They're always the ones who are gonna pop up later with like, "Hey, baby, can you do this too?" Like, no, yeah. Or no. this is like,
1: there's one half a millimeter difference in this one than this one. I'm like, you're pulling a stupid face. That's why that's happening. <laughs> <We are laughs> They'll different. send you a selfie. Like, I'm like, oh, really, um. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you said. It's like you can't take my clients because my clients choose me, and I. That's what I. I only want to work on people who want me to work on them for the right. reasons you know that they've looked into
0: how that's, an, we- that's
1: an educated client that's a client who's not going exactly to me problems
0: I was gonna say how would you call that but yeah it's an educated client that's exactly what it is. an informed educated client it, the more you inform them on the front end the less red flags and questions and late night text you're getting at on yeah. the back end and it's so much easier to inform them beforehand when you haven't touched them yet and they're listening than when they're at home staring in the mirror not listening
1: so like so- i get a lot of people who will message me so i don't offer microblading i'm trained in it Trained in years ago i don't offer it at all um but i i'll still get a message um hi um i I want microblading how do i make a book in <laughs> um and I sort of figured out over the years that actually over here people just use the word microblading they think sure, it's too. just a term for permanent makeup because yeah. I used to explain the difference I'd go into this whole paragraph with these people and I would they'd leave me on read because they were like she's bored the hell out of me um they don't care what the difference is so the way I kind of tackle that is I I send them and I'm like hi because if they say that to me I know they're not an educated client because if they looked at my work and they knew who I was they'd know I don't offer microblading so they're either not not an educated client or maybe they are they're just using the wrong word so I will like reply to them and be like here's a link to my Instagram where you'll find all the updated photos of my work if you like what I do that's what I can do for you and this is how you make a book in because I've had before as well someone be like oh can you they'll send me a picture of somebody else's work and I can't replicate because I only have my hands I don't have their hands right and I'm not sure what it is about that that they like. And I, well, I feel. I, after
0: can after I, I like... tell you what I like about your hands? You keep you're very animated right now. You're talking with your hands a lot. Yeah. Are you engaged? Yeah, I'm. Like, I'm always really. No, like, are you engaged? Oh yeah. <laughs> so now you engaged.
1: Yeah, June. It only recently, June this year.
0: Well, congratulations! Does Thank he you. work in your business with you?
1: No, he. Um, he's a professional videographer.
0: Oh, okay. You told me he does all the tech. So I didn't yeah. know he, like, he handles all the tech for your webinars or what, but he's a, no, you know,
1: he is a professional videographer for, um, a football team, like, a, um, uh, professional football team.
0: I just watched the David Beckham documentary on Netflix. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet.
1: No, I want to, I want to, it's meant to be I really, really he good. it was hot.
0: I have no idea. Yeah. No,
1: it's meant to be really, really
0: good. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. That was crazy yes I didn't mean to interrupt you I was just like you kept blinding me with it it was right at me how did you guys meet
1: we've actually known each other since we were 15 oh even longer (laughs) yeah um and he's very different to me uh he's very quiet and calm and logistical and a problem solver um and I never I was wild when I was younger and I was like he's he's too quiet I never really noticed him that much um and then a couple of years ago when I was newly single because I was married for most of my 20s so I was like I'm single I'm I'm now single I'm reliving my 20s now and a mom yeah like I'm reliving my 20s now like I'm having fun um and I got out on a really bad date (laughs) and uh Left early, and I was like, I don't, I'm Jimmy. I'm all done up. I'm ready to go. I don't want to go home early. And we have mutual friends, and I knew his friend would be out. So I went up to go and meet them, and he was there. And it just went from there.
0: <laughs> nice. It was just, you know, you keep when somebody's kind of always on the peripheral. I feel like life is getting you ready for that relationship. If you had it too soon, it would be like the right. Oh, it wouldn't have worked.
1: Routine. It wouldn't have worked.
0: I was yeah. wild. It I met my husband when I was 15, also. He was beating up my boyfriend at a party. We didn't talk for like, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight years, something like that. So we were years in, in college and ready to start dating each other. That's so funny though. I find that this dynamic works so well. And I we talk about it on my podcast constantly of people who their husband is the opposite of them, both in the relationship, like the way that you guys are you're the face, so you're louder, you're more vibrant, you're more friendly, and he's Quiet and you know, off to the side, yeah. and he handles the computer, the spreadsheets, the camera, whatever. So many people, Jody Stosky, Car- well, Stevie is front and center with Carla, but Jasmine and Scott, like uh cat and Um Taryn, I just find that so often the case. Yeah, it's a he's, combination.
1: He's completely is he me. Really
0: tattooed. doesn't have a
1: single tattoo. Not a single <laughs> one. <laughs> and he's just a complete calming like you said he's a problem solver I'm a panicker yeah. and I, th- I think that's um a side effect of what I've been through I panic and I go you know I can go straight to there and I'm a worrier and I'm always worrying and if I go to him with a problem it's you might not know the answer there but he's like we'll figure it out I will um, fix this like we will fix this
0: by the way, aren't those just the magic words from someone who you know your home used to be the the place the source oh, of the anxiety, and yeah. now your home is the place where somebody says we will figure it out. Yeah, we'll is
1: complete and not a safe place. Whereas if I would go to a prop with a problem to my ex, it would be it's about to become a bigger problem. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I could go to her, like my partner now, cares with a problem, and it's not a problem. It's yeah. not it was never a problem. It, he's he's started figuring it out before you even told him.
0: <laughs> I love that. Look at you. Look at you rounding out this story with a beautiful ending. Now I, just I feel like a completely day. different person. Completely different person. It changes you too. You get you become calmer, softer. You're not constantly like feeling like you're in fight or flight mode. Like yeah, it, it calms you as well. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, the kids call it a glow up. I feel like I had such a glow up between that first boyfriend and my husband. I have the world's biggest picture of me and my husband here actually. It's pretty creepy. I just realized how big it is. So I have like a a whole wall filled with photos of people who came to the grand opening. I have one of me and Will actually. But me and my husband's is in the center and it's so big. It's like comically big. <laughs> I feel like he's actually physically right next to me. It's so funny so that's nice
1: isn't it like to feel comfort from his presence rather than
0: oh yeah no he's um he works in the oil field and he's you know sometimes he's here sometimes he's not but he's the number one everything at our shop he built the shop for me like six months I bought a warehouse and he turned it into a shop he did the plumbing he did the walls he did everything and now he's painting the building and he maintains the building and he fixes the drainage and he finds problems I didn't know were problems I didn't know we had like a broken water valve at the front of the road and mm. he noticed because everything's on autopay right he yeah. noticed that it was like four hundred dollars for water one month and so he psh, dug a hole and he started fixing the pipe and he never said anything to me and he didn't say you owe me forty dollars for the yeah. pipe or said anything I'm just like what are you doing fixing it fixing it it's always fixing stuff like I'll have an idea
1: and then I'll be like I want to do this and then like I wanted to do the live webinar like I wanted to be live and I think the reason I wanted again this constant need to prove myself so I was like I want to do this live because I want people to see that again I know what I know um, yeah. and I'm going to prove it to you and it'll be in real time and any problems that come up rather than this being, it being this like perfect polished webinar where, you know, we can stop the cameras if something goes wrong and make it look like it never happened. Like I wanted to do it live. Cause I wanted, again, I felt like I needed to prove myself. And like, so I was like, how, how am I going to do that live though? Like what are the logistics of doing that live and allowing people access from all over the world? And he was like, I, I'll make it happen. And I've done three lives now.
0: Wow. What's (laughs) your your record number of attendees?
1: It was my second lip one. And I don't even count it anymore because I still get people messaging now like, oh, my God, my friend has done this and they want to attend. How how do I get access? So I, I still sell like the replay. Yeah. Even though it's not live anymore, I sell the replay of it. And I wasn't even going to, the second one was the lip one. So I did two lip ones and a brow one. So the second lip one I wasn't even going to do because I was like, well, why would I just do it again? Like, yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't understand. Like, why, why would I do it again? Uh, live. Cause in my head I was like, it's just going to be the same. Yeah. I think I just completely discount. again. It's that discounting yourself before you've even like done anything. You're thinking of all the reasons for why you shouldn't do it. Right. Um, and it ends up being like the most successful one, which is mind mind blowing to me. Like again, because it's like I'm just little old me in Swansea, South Wales, <laughs> where like we're so small, we have our own language. And, oh like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like this person from somewhere else in the world wants to hear what I've got to say. Like it just just blows my mind but then I'm like but you've got something to say and you do something yeah. different I do it in a different way I see I come at it from a different perspective um so I came into it already knowing how to tattoo because I believe like yeah you can learn to draw brow in a week but to tattoo it takes years until you've worked on lots of different skin types then you can't call you yourself your to
0: yeah understand your pigments understand your needles depth pressure hand speed there's a lot that goes into it so
1: much so much so what's next I want to do like um I want to do some mini webinar series I also want to I also want to write a book um yeah (laughs) I don't want to say too much as well as in things I because I haven't even like
0: well these know. are plans, these are dreams. So yeah. maybe you do, them, maybe you won't. But what like what tickles your fancy? Um and I definitely want to
1: speak. I want to challenge myself to speak. That's my biggest fear, I think. Um I just have ideas all over the place and I and I don't I don't know.
0: I love it. <laughs> where do you, Where do you think you could provide the most value next? I it's like the technical side
1: of tattooing. Mm-hmm. I feel it's my my strong point. Like your machine, like why you are using that particular machine for that particular procedure, what, how that machine works, what is it about that machine that makes it better for one area of skin over another?
0: Tech tattoo, right. yeah, sorry, <laughs> and- test yeah. tech tattoo. You can have it, <laughs> all, and all of
1: that. So like the 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 deeper knowledge behind why things work yeah how we are creating what we create because art is like it's all of you like it's not just something that you can learn and switch on and off of course you can learn it But it it has to come from all of you. So like if sometimes you can be like I can't work on somebody if the vibes are off, if I don't get along with a client, like I will never think that what I did was good. Ever. And it'll and it'll be because something the the ingredients of the environment weren't correct. And as I
0: Is that a definable quality?
1: I don't know. I just think, I, I don't just think know like, how you
0: teach like okay this one ingredient is the vibe no because it's
1: multiple it's multiple things there has yeah. everything has to be right everything has to be right because art is so much more than like a process like yeah. I just turn my machine on and I'm gonna put my hands here and I'm gonna do this no, and no. it's gonna work to create beautiful work you have to love what you do to love what you do you have to understand what it is that you do.
0: Yeah. Uh, And you have to, you have to see into the future, right? Like you have to know how this is going to affect the outcome later and why, how do these things mingle together? How does this needle and this pigment and this skin all hook up together basically?
1: And like art is so much, it's you, you're giving yourself. It's hard to put into words, but you're giving yourself. So if you're, if something's wrong, if your head is not in the right place, I tell my students all the time. So I'm going to give them all of the knowledge I can so that when they see so I teach in a way um so I do one pass lips that's what I'm kind of known for yeah and the way I do it is I get instant saturation and I just do it in one pass um and that method works it's good to teach because my students they get instant gratification so they're seeing that what they're doing is working straight away rather than wasting their time doing a million different passes and wondering for ages like Oh, am I doing it right? So they always tell my students, like, if your brain is going, you're doing, you're working, and then your brain is going, am I doing this right? Because they don't understand what it is that they're doing. Then their brain isn't focused on the job at hand. And then there's only one outcome that's going to happen there because you're not paying attention. So if your student fully understands what it is they're doing and why it's working and they're seeing that it's working, then they can focus on the job. That's going to give them instant gratification. That's going to make them love what they do. And that's when they're going to really fly and progress and create art and be artistic. So I think like you have to be artistic to to do this job. Like you've got to be creative to do this job. There's that want to be creative and artistic. Yeah. And sometimes we can take the fun out of the job. Yeah by making it militant and some people are being militant and they're not really understanding why they're doing it and they don't
0: understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Like the BBP at, at that convention that I went to, where I was like, some of these rules are arbitrary, but you're not actually putting them into practice, you know, like you're yeah. just, just checking off boxes. Like you said, but it's, I just, that's why you I don't understand was... the why behind why we do this, then you're not going to do it properly. Yeah.
1: And if you, if you, if the feeling is off, if you didn't, if you're not, if a client has given you like a bad feeling, they've been a knob, like you're just not going to do your best work in them. So sometimes it's better to just, n- just say no, like, cause
0: you're never going to be happy with what you do anyway. Same like, with students. The same with students, honestly. Like I, I am not the educator for every student. I cannot reach yeah. every person, you know? Not I, everyone's going to like the way I speak. Exactly. Like I'm not going to be able to c- communicate effectively with every single person because some people simply communicate in different ways and they don't want to be spoken to the way that I communicate, you know, like they, they want to receive information in a different way. Not every student is for me. Not every client is for me. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. So I like my master classes, advanced master classes, don't come with manuals because it's just not the way I, I learn myself as I, I don't learn by reading things. I learn by, by doing things and you can tell me and we'll have a conversation and I'll enjoy it and we'll debate and I'll understand and then I can go and put it into practice. But I cannot sit down and read something. I just, I can't sit down and read yeah. something, which is ironic why I want to write a book. Yeah. That's just no one's me. Um, so someone actually cancelled their training with me once because, purely because it didn't come with a manual. They were like, hang on, like, so does your training come with a manual? And I was like, no, my advanced training, by the way. I don't really do beginners, but I do refresher training for people who are who felt like they've had bad sure. beginners training. I will do that, um, and they come with manuals. Um, but my advanced students, I don't give manuals, and she cancelled training because I suppose that's just the way she learns or wants to learn.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. Like, and probably somebody the on best. Facebook group somewhere told her if they're not giving you a kit and a book, they're scamming you. Probably yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah, like it's probably for the best. Such like a double-edged sword.
1: Yeah, no, she probably sure. Like like you said, did not it? Like I wouldn't have been maybe the right fit for her. Right. she would have she would've had a fucking education, I could tell her that. Like she missed out. Like yeah, I I'm ready for my you.
0: masterclass. I, I want truth. to take
1: your <laughs> Yeah, she would have had the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but <laughs> she wasn't ready for the truth. <laughs> no, I I'm, I'm sure like she found someone who was just a better fit for her and that's fine exactly
0: yeah well zoe i don't want to keep you all day and i have to go pick up my kids from school
1: but it's like it's like so late year that's crazy is it yeah it's 3:30 my, daughter, my daughter's upstairs behaving and i'm amazed that she's behaving. how old is she she's 10 oh yeah she's, she's been an angel because she's walked she's like she's not given a crap before when i've been doing talks and she's come in, stomping upstairs said what she wants to say
0: well, she's Zoe, if somebody feels like after listening to this podcast, like, oh, I have to train with her. She She's going to give me no bullshit. She's going to give me the honest education that I'm looking for. Where are people finding you? And when is your next masterclass?
1: Like, honestly, like Instagram is the best place to find me. I actually, I don't like to train too much, too much because I love what I do. And I find sometimes if I, I so I, I don't book myself out training loads. So I will do one or two students a month and that's a personal choice because I wanna I if I'm not doing the job, how can I teach you anything? I agree.
0: Like, um so there's a lot of people who say they're gonna teach you to do this and teach you that and they can help you do this and they can help you do that and they've never done it. Yeah. Or um, haven't done it in 15 years or like get out of here. But like I feel like Instagram's
1: the best place to get a hold of me because it actually like it sticks a notification in your face because Email yeah. me, <laughs> I'll get to it. But if you Instagram me, like I'm sure most people who are in my inbox can attest to the fact that I will get back to somebody like pretty quick. Yeah, so Instagram for me is like the best way to get a hold of me. Um, <laughs> and I do like in-person training, and then I do have like online webinars. Like I said, and I sell the replays. It depends where you are. If if you're comfortable with where you are in your skill set. And you just want to learn something new, then maybe online. But if you're having serious problems and you're stressing out, then come see me in person because I can promise, like, I'm going to fix what it is that you don't understand.
0: I'm going to Wales.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good luck finding it. Although I've had like four students from Canada come over and they found it. No problem. No problem at all. And then there's people locally to me who are like, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. It's <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> like yeah. If I'm you want a bad LA, enough, too. you'll find
0: you'll find it. Well, thank you so much for making time for me today, Zoe. I really appreciate it. Um, I, thank you for asking me. Like it again blows my
1: <laughs> blows my mind again. I'm like, I want to hear what I got to say. I don't know if I've got anything to say sometimes. oh I I
0: think you have an incredible story and I couldn't believe that you said yes so quickly to the podcast I was like hi nice to meet you we didn't meet when I was in the UK but I Uh, I wondered if you'd come on my podcast you've never heard of it'll be
1: (laughs) it'll be because I don't know it was the wrong time maybe we would have both fallen and broken our necks or something like (laughs) like maybe and it was divine intervention that it just didn't Happen, but <laughs> that's the way I like to see things. That's the way I like to see things. Like it'll happen, but it didn't happen then for a reason. It'll happen. Because I'm going to away something. There's we're something do, bigger for me and you. That's why we're going to
0: do one one pass lips, and um we're going to speak at a conference together next year, maybe Jakarta <laughs> or something. And then we'll go, you know, to the islands for vacation afterward.
1: <laughs> and we'll write a book that, like, I'm not going to read because I don't read books, but I
0: wrote You are so goofy. Big shout out to Zoe Hughes. Thank you so much, my friend. Yes, I'm using the word friend. Thank you to my new friend, Zoe Hughes, for making time for the Glam Life Podcast. And thank you all who tune in and listen to the Glam Life Podcast. Shout out to you guys. Go ahead and follow us on our brand new Instagram page, at the Glam Life Podcast, where you can connect with guests, leave comments, ask questions, and of course, please continue to support the site that supports this podcast. on over to shopbrowsister.com to support the site that supports this podcast. I'll see you next week. Bye.